We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the DFS Podcast Friday edition for this weekend's NFL games. Boy, there's something new about that opening, John. Hi there, football fans. I'm Paul Bruno. You can follow me at Statsman22, and I'm joined, as usual, by my, by my Friday podcast partner, John McKechnie, who is a great follow at Johnny, at Johnny McKex. We're coming at you today with a much different agenda. We have to continue to assist your prep for the debut week of the NFL season, and our focus will be on tight ends and defenses today. John, you and I get switch gears a little bit today, converting from our baseball coverage into our first NFL pod. Let's begin with a quick review of last night's games. Uh, I'll, I'll go through the box score, and uh, then I'll get your thoughts. Uh, sure. What I observed, uh, Cam Newton showing that he's a dual threat, as everybody knows, not only passing for 194 yards, but rushing for another 54 and getting a score, so that's big points for the quarterback there. On the other side, Simeon had an interesting debut. He threw two picks, but he managed the ball very well, uh, throwing for a pedestrian 178 yards, but he gets a W. And uh, among the running backs, the top uh, guys were, as expected, Stewart for Carolina with 64 yards on 15 carries, and C.J. Anderson with 92 yards on 20 carries. The note there that's of interest is that he doesn't split the load anymore, John, so... Beyond those guys, anything that caught your eye, and do you want to say something about the Denver running back situation? Well, I really wanted to wanted to touch on C.J. Anderson. I thought, uh, you know, there, there's a lot. If you got season-long shares of him, and I do, so maybe I'm a little bit biased here, a little bit, like, too excited about this, but I thought he looked a little bit leaner, a little bit quicker, so he, he, uh, he looked great in and of himself. 
And then throw in the fact that the Denver's offensive line looked awesome against, a, you know, a Carolina defensive line that is loaded with studs. And then, you know, a linebacking core that's, you know, all world. So for him to, you know, average 4.6 yards a carry, you know, that's not like a, a mind-boggling number. But against that kind of defense, you, you, you have pretty tempered expectations. And he, and he caught a touchdown as well. And then it's got to make you feel a little bit better that his main competition, now that Ronnie Hillman is gone, is uh, the rookie, Devontae Booker, goes ahead and fumbles on his first career carry. So, so you know, he's going to be a little bit doghoused uh, for, for at least the foreseeable future. So you think Anderson, definitely the clear workhorse. You got a guy like Simeon who's limited. He's going to not be asked to do a ton. Uh, so we're, we're, I think this isn't the first time that we're getting, or this isn't the last time we're going to see C.J. Anderson uh, have multiple touchdowns and, and uh, well over 20 carries or well over 20 touches. 139 yards of total offense and a couple of scores, so that's a big night uh, and a score. So that's a big night for him. And um, uh, the, the other uh, big thing uh, from the other side of the of the coin was uh, Kelvin Benjamin. You know, there was a lot of question marks about how that target volume is all going to be split up between him, a lot of people like Devin Funches, myself included, Ted Ginn, Greg Olson, and so on and so forth. Uh, so for, for Benjamin to kind of look uh, no worse for wear coming off the season-ending uh, torn ACL last year and, and being their best option, uh, six catches, 91 yards, uh, yet he got targeted 12 times. That's three more targets than even Greg Olson, uh, and he caught a touchdown, of course, uh, so that that was definitely encouraging to see if if uh, you kind of waited on Kelvin Benjamin, kind of kept the faith in, in, in thinking that you know in the end the cream would rise to the top and uh, he would kind of be the main focus on the outside. Uh, that worked out really well. So I think that's going to be something to watch for moving forward as well. Yeah, and on the other side, Denver uh, they spread the ball around. Uh, the usual suspects: Sanders, Thomas. They factored in with eight and six targets, res respectively. Not a bunch of big yardage there, as indicated by the total passing yards by the Denver rookie quarterback. They, they got 49, 48 yards. Anderson, we told you, 47 more yards. So I guess this guy's going to get his feet wet over the course of the season. You can expect those tar totals to creep up, but uh, he's well insulated there with, uh, with a str strong running game, the strong defensive line. Uh, a fine debut for Semyon, nothing spectacular, but a high percentage rate of 18 for 26 is also something worth mentioning. He played a safe game, John, and, and I give the kid kudos for stepping into the limelight and, and getting the first W on opening night. So, very interesting game. Uh, it came down to the final kick, and, and freezing the field goal kicker was a factor in the final play of the game. He, he made the one when they called the timeout. Yeah, he nailed it. How many times do you see that? The guy makes it, and then when they freeze him, he misses the one that, that matters. It was a 50-yard. It wasn't a chip shot. Uh, although he was talking very bravely before the game that he felt comfortable from even 60 yards out in the mile-high environment. But uh, when push came to shove, he didn't deliver. The, the That's right, yeah. You, yeah, I feel like you, we always kind of, as football fans, we roll our eyes when, when coaches do the, their standard posturing, like, like icing kicker. It's like, all right, no, you're just wasting our time at this point. But, you know, it, it actually worked out. You know, it was one of the few times this year, I think, that we'll see the icing actually pay off. Well, we said in the opening we're going to talk about the tight ends and defenses, John. Let's, uh, let's get into it a little bit, uh, trying to pinpoint values along the, the, the tight end groupings, and uh, we'll break it down into tiers. Let's look at the first tier of the players, $6,000 and up. There's a couple of guys with injury marks on, on the board in that range, and uh, 
Gronkowski's at the top of that list. Uh, we've got to talk a little bit about his health, and then also a little bit further down, we've got to talk about uh, the fact that there's another injury of note. Uh, let's go through the list and see what, what you think about all that, that's going on at the tight end position in the top tier. Well, the, the Gronk thing is, is the most kind of uh, best introduction to the post-probable uh, injury designation world. You know, we've, the NFL has done away with the probable injury designation, uh, so we don't really know how questionable Gronk really is, but anytime it's something, you know, lower body, soft tissue like a hamstring, it always concerns you, you know, because, you know, that's something that can, you can easily tweak uh, over the course of a game. So that, that's definitely one that, that uh, I think everyone's going to be keeping a really close eye on. But do you really want to play a guy like Gronk, you know, who's priced in the, in the same uh, vein as some of like the top uh, receivers? You know, he's more expensive than a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. So you're playing him at not 100%, going against a very tough uh, Arizona secondary. Obviously, the, you know, uh, any safeties that are going to be covering him uh, are dwarfed by his size. But at the same time, you know, like a guy like Tyron Matthew, very tough uh, player. And then... You know, Gronk is Gronk doesn't have Tom Brady throwing it to him. He's got Garoppolo. So I'm actually I'm probably just gonna all those things you know kind of wound together. I'm probably staying off Gronk uh, this weekend. I assume I'll probably get burned by that uh, just by saying it. But uh, you know, I I think just those the the hamstring. We don't know how severe it is. Uh, tough defense. Jimmy Garoppolo throwing it to him. I'm just I don't really trust it. I don't think paying. 8,700 is qu there's quite enough room for profit there. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, there's other guys that you you can look at uh, if you want to spend bucks there. Jordan Reed is a real primary option. Oh yeah, uh, maybe one of the top end uh, tight ends on merit. $7,400, so you're saving $1,300. This guy's healthy and he's going to be a, a key factor in the Washington Pass offense with a quarterback who really had a fantastic year last year and hopes to build on it. Delaney Walker, another guy in Tennessee, who's at $6,500, also a really good value. Average fantasy points of 13.2 last season. Then you get down to the 64, 6,300. Travis Kelsey, uh, 9.6 average. He's rated $6,400 for, for the weekend's games. He's in against San Diego. And then in a game of two dog teams, Gary Barnage looks like a guy who's a pretty good value play at 6,300 bucks in against Philadelphia for Cleveland. Tyler Eifert out of the lineup for Cincinnati. That's too bad because Andy Dalton is a pass-happy quarterback, and if Eifert's not, not available, you're, you're going to waste 6300 bucks by betting on him. Then you go over a couple of other, of other guys with some question marks. Antonio Gates still around. Uh, he's, uh, he's getting up there in years, John, $6,200. Yeah. And then Jimmy Graham's a question mark that I wanted to talk about a little bit with you, too. Uh, he's not even listed on the injury report uh, that I just saw. $6,100. If this guy's ready to go, he should be priced a lot higher, shouldn't he? Well, the, the problem here is that is the type of injury that he's coming off of. I know that he was able to log a full practice uh, this week, so he's no longer on the injury report. But a torn patellar, I mean, that's something that, for instance, you know, I cover college football a lot. Uh, our top-rated receiver coming into last year, this guy, Keevan Lucas on Tulsa, uh, he tore his patellar tendon midway through the season last year. And even though he had a pretty solid game last week, uh, uh, both myself and, and Mario, our, our college football editor, faded him because that, that's an injury that uh, it's hard to see a guy coming back to 100% from. Like, Jimmy Graham might be healthy enough to play, but I'm not sure that he's Jimmy Graham. 
if you know what I mean. Like, it, he's not the kind of explosive uh, jump up over you, dunking on the goalpost after his second touchdown uh, type of deal. Um, so I'm going to play. I'm going to take the wait and see approach with Graham. I really hope he is back to back to himself because you know he was such a phenomenal uh, tight end. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably leaning away from from using probably any of these top tier tight ends. I think I'm going to pay a little bit heavier at the at the receiver spot personally. Um, but I, I think of of that sort of elite tier, uh, I think probably Jordan Reed would be my favorite of the bunch. I think that's a pretty good call, John. There's lots of value in the mid-tier, as you suggested, between the five and 6,000 range. It includes 17 names. I'll speak of a few off the top and get your reaction on them, but also I'm curious to know who you might highlight among the rest of that lot. So uh, I'll go ahead and start with my guy, Jason Whitman in Dallas. Long-time security blanket of Tony Romo. I don't think that anything changes with Dak Prescott. He'll be looking for this guy when he's running around in the pocket, and, and that should be his go-to guy, a security blanket like very few others in, in uh, the NFL. And uh, Witten showed in the exhibition, in the exhibition ser- series he can still make the big catch with a spectacular grab for a touchdown on one of those passes. Uh, couple of weeks ago. And then staying in the division, Zach Ertz looks like a, a great value play here for $5,700. He's a leading, he's emerges a leading man in the past receiving ranks in Philadelphia for whoever starts that game. It looks like Carson Wentz is going to get the nod. And, and again, I feel the same way about uh, leaning on the tight end in that, this particular circumstance. He's going to want to go to a guy who's delivered the goods in the past and, and is something of a security blanket for him, if I can use that expression again. And a third option that I might consider is uh, for newly minted Sam Bradford in Minnesota, Kyle Rudolph at $5,300, another good value play there. So those are the three guys in that grouping that that, uh, jumped out at me. I'm curious to know if you feel differently or the same about them and any other players that you have highlighted. Um, I'm thinking Kobe Fleener here. Uh, He's a new addition to the Saints offense. Uh, He's priced down at at $5,400. And I've kind of heard and seen mixed mixed reviews from different kind of DFS experts that I follow on Twitter. Some people are totally off him this week. Uh, some people are, are on him because of the price in the, in the game. Uh, I fall into that category. Uh, I understand that, that some people are concerned with like his lack of progress during, the, during training camp and, and getting uh, fully familiar with the offense. And that's a legitimate gripe and it's a legitimate concern. Uh, but the way I see this game, it'd be like if you and I were doing a baseball podcast earlier earlier in the season and we were saying, you know what, don't get any part of this course Field game. Like, it's bad news. You know, like, that would just be bad advice. I think you, you'd want to get a piece of this New Orleans versus Oakland game because I think it's going to be, I think it is the highest over-under on the week. Uh, so getting getting a piece of it at just 5,400, I think, is definitely worth it, um, you know, Oakland has pretty good cornerbacks, uh, Amerson, and uh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, but uh, I think Fleener is going to be in a position where he can he can uh, kind of get open over the seam, and I think he's going to be able to make a difference in this game. So just a mid-price guy, uh, really high-scoring game. I'm not overly concerned with the with the uh, perceived uh, lack of comfort level in this offense. I'm sure. Uh, once the ball is kicked off, he's going to be ready to go. So I'm going to go with Fleener here. Well, and I'm going to throw one more name out on the opposite side of the football game that's going to grab most of my attention, and, and I'm going to go and look at the Giants' tight ends. Uh, we know Eli Manning likes to throw the ball a lot when he comes down to visit in Dallas, and this will be no different. That's going to be a shootout, like 
few other games on the board, like you suggested. Will Ty is a guy whose name I'll throw out there at 5,200 bucks. I think he's going to get at least as many reps as Larry Donnell, and he outplayed him in the exhibition series. So uh, I wonder if, if he might be worth a look at 5,200 bucks and uh, if he emerges as the go-to guy in the, in, among the tight ends for the Giants in that particular matchup. So why don't we move down a little bit? I want to hear what you uh, think about uh, the real value plays on the lower end of the board. John, why don't you take it away and give us a run-through of the, the guys that are less than five grand, and uh, I'll see if I agree with you. Well, there's not a ton of uh, names here that jump out at you. Um, you got guys like uh, Crockett Gilmore, uh, Tyler Croft, uh, Luke Wilson, Brent Selleck, Larry Donnell, uh, Dennis Pitta, uh, those are all 4,900. Then moving down a little bit, uh, Max Williams, Vernon Davis, uh, Richard Rogers, Jason Morrow, Vance McDonald, uh, Clive Walford. I don't know if you really want to go any lower than these guys. Uh, personally, I think the fact that Eifert is out for the Bengals uh, makes Croft at least someone to consider. Uh, I think the only thing you'd really have to worry about is everyone kind of being on that and knowing oh, hey, this guy's out, This so Croft is in, he's cheap. Uh, I don't know, I still feel like that, that, that could be worth a go, and especially considering that, that A.J. Green's going to be you know, locked up with, with Darrell Revis all day. I'm not saying that uh, Green's going to be uh, shut down completely by any means, but I think that you know, he's going to be in for a battle, and it's not like Dalton's going to be able to look at A.J. Green every single time he drops back. And he's, he's also working with some kind of newer receivers on the other you know, side, like a Tyler Boyd, who's a rookie. So Croft is a guy that, that could actually be in line uh, to get some good target volume. Uh, so I think that, that might be my play amongst this tier. I think Clive Walford would be my second choice among this tier. I'm staying away from the Ravens' uh, tight end core. It's too crowded. We don't really know uh, where that volume is going to be distributed yet. Uh, so I think Croft or Walford would be my two guys if you're kind of punting at tight end. Yeah, I'll add Richard Rogers, and I love the call on the Oakland tight end, Walford. I think that's a pretty nice matchup for him against a defense that's one of the worst in, in football. But Terrible. Uh, like I said, I, I like the other pick with Richard Rogers. He's going to be on the other end of A-Rod's throws. Uh, in, in a certain circumstances. He averaged 8.2 points per game last year, which is not too bad, $4,800. He gets a touchdown on a 20-yard on a pass. That's eight points right there. So uh, look out for him in that matchup. John, we... He's got, it'll, be, it'll be cool to, or interesting to see how he versus Jared Cook, uh, which one uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of leans towards in, in terms of tight end routes. Exactly. Uh, well, week, week one will be first the first chance to look at a lot of these circumstances, and that's why we're kind of going flying by the seat of our pants without too much of a form chart here. But uh, before we move over to the defenses, let's give thanks to FanDuel with uh, our promotional reminder here. Fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back, and this year it's better than ever. It's not just a new season at FanDuel, it's a new era. They've upgraded your ex entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans and they believe you deserve to experience everything sports has to offer, which makes you sports rich. Try the new FanDuel now. Just pick your team, stay under the salary cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game? Play in a beginner contest to learn the ropes. If you have a dollar, there are games for a dollar. There's 50-50 contests where the top half win cash, too. Or you can settle the score with a friend, as I'm going to do with John this weekend when we start our Rotowire Vegas League, 
uh, in friends mode. It's a season-long fantasy for all of us. Football with weekly teams plus new features ensure a fair and level playing field. We are t going by the seat of our pants in week one, John. Uh, what, what do you hope to uh, take from the, the results? What will you be looking for in the box scores? You know, I, I think last night, for example, is a good uh, kind of microcosm of how I'm approaching week one. You know, uh, position groupings uh, with tight battles, you know, kind of like a 1A, one, 1B one type of scenario or perceived 1A, 1B, you know, like a Kelvin Benjamin versus Devin Funches. Uh, I think that you can extrapolate that to several teams across the league and, and you know, like a Willie Sneed or Brandon Cooks. Uh, type of deal or like I mentioned Jared Cook versus Richard Rodgers in terms of the cheap tight ends uh, and, and also the, the running back distribution Gio Bernard versus Jeremy Hill so the, the things that I want to really look out for are those kind of 1A and 1B uh, how that shakes out you can't put all of your eggs in one basket you know you can't just say oh this happened week one and thus it's going to happen every single week down the stretch but it's something to, to pay attention to especially you know if, if a team matches up with it has like a similar matchup you know uh, say a team's playing a tough uh, pass defense who do they rely on in the run game type of deal so I'm, I'm leaning on that and then as far as building my lineups is concerned I'm using a lot of the the daily tools on our website I think the value report is one of the best ways of kind of Finding the guys uh, that, that uh, kind of give you the most upside. So I'm leaning heavily on that, uh, and then I'm trying to avoid uh, certain defenses and certain matchups as well. How are you approaching this week? Well, I'm adding to that by looking at guys like at the running back position. There's a couple of guys that, uh, that jump up because of injury circumstances. We've got Christine Michael and uh, Ware in Kansas City. Those are two running backs who are, are very value-priced and open up options on your roster. So if you can take advantage of a guy that you know is going to start, that's been announced, it's been declared, and it looks like odds are uh, in that direction, it, it gives you the chance to go after some higher prices uh, in some of the other positions and take advantage of that. So always try and keep up on the latest news and notes. Rotowire, again, is a leader in that, in that way to go on the website and find out what we say about uh, the latest injury uh, woes. Certainly... Uh, gives you a chance to take advantage of, of certain circumstances. So those are all good tips, John, and uh, we, want, we want people to remember that we want them to have all the fun that football has to offer, have all the fantasy football fun that fantasy has to offer with FanDuel. Be sports rich. There's a special offer at FanDuel for new users where they get a free six-month Roto-Wire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash rw. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to fanduel.com slash rw. All right, John, let's have a listen to your defensive gems and uh, see if I agree or disagree. I'll have some thoughts there as well. Well, I think uh, if you look at it from a strictly over-under perspective, uh, you know, the, the way that Vegas is predicting uh, the combined score is going to wind up, uh, the Minnesota-Tennessee game, uh, that, those are two defenses that are uh, pretty solid. Uh, Minnesota is obviously better than Tennessee's, but Tennessee's is improving. Uh, either of those games, uh, if you think about it, you know, Minnesota is so limited offensively, and, and then uh, Tennessee is going against a tough defense. So I think either of those, uh, you, could, you could probably end up getting a decent uh, profit from either of those defenses just, you know, based on those factors. I think uh, Cleveland and Philly, uh, that's kind of the same boat uh, because, 
you know, we got such limited quarter. I mean, Philadelphia, they have a decent defense. Uh, but in Cleveland, uh, they don't have Josh Gordon, obviously. So, I mean, their best receiver is probably going to be Gary Barnard's the tight end. Uh, Corey Coleman's going to be making his first uh, start for Cleveland, I, I believe. So there, there's a lot of question marks on that side of the ball for the Browns. Then on the flip side, Philly's starting a rookie quarterback. So no one's going to blame you entirely for using a, a like a mid mid-tier price defense uh, like Cleveland's going against a guy like Wentz who's you know making the leap from North Dakota State uh, my personal pick is probably the 49ers I just think that the the Rams offense is so bad uh, so one-dimensional outside you know it's just Todd Gurley and then what do they have yeah, well, I'm going to add, add to that list with uh, Houston. Anytime J.J. Watt has a soft opponent like he does in week one, I'm, I'm going to be all over the Texans uh, favoring that defense. And then uh, Philadelphia is another defense that I would look at. They, they rewarded me handsomely last year a few times when they had some big pick-six games and some high-sack totals. This looks like another circumstance with a bad Cleveland team providing another opposition, but you can say maybe the same thing about Philadelphia's offense and Cleveland's defense in that one. I'd stay away definitely from a game like the Giants in Dallas. I think that's going to be like a 35-34 type of game, so you don't want any part of that, and maybe New England and Arizona might turn into something similar. So you watch the, the teams that, uh, that are facing one another and the fact that maybe the defenses are better than the offenses across the lines. And L.A. and San Francisco, a rivalry game could be a tense one. Uh, I think certainly Gurley could have a big night, but if he doesn't, that could be a low-scoring affair and the defenses could rule in that one. So that's our, our view on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, John, we have treated our fans during the baseball portion of the season with a chance to create our own lineups. I see an opportunity for us to do the same thing since we are last up in the uh, DFS prep that Rotowire throws up in these pods. So I'm excited to continue with that tradition. Why don't we go through our projected lineups and uh, give away your secrets for the Rotowire wire, uh, staff lead. All right, let's lock it in here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off at quarterback. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Stafford, uh, checking in at 7,400. Uh, I know he doesn't have Calvin Johnson anymore, but he still has talented receivers in, in Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, which who I thought was one of the more uh, shrewd pickups of the offseason. Uh, we all know that Detroit runs the ball or, uh, very infrequently compared to the rest of the league. Uh, they have more of a, like, they use their running backs as pass catchers uh, out of the backfield for the most part. Uh, and I also, you had to like how Detroit's offense was clicking towards the end of the last season when they when their offensive coordinator transitioned to, to a man named Jim Bob Cooter. I believe he's back. So I think that that's just a better offense uh, overall. And I think Indianapolis's defense, uh, until, until we see something, I'm always just going to be of the opinion that it's, that it's pretty soft, pretty easy to be attacked. Uh, so I think Stafford's in a really good position uh, to, to give you a lot of points here. And he's just, just 7,400, so you're not... Uh, you know, paying up for for your Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton, obviously Cam played last night, uh, type of players. So you, you, you really save up and you're able to load up elsewhere. And I'm going to counter with uh, Big Ben. I'm going near the top of the board for $8,500, Ben Roethlisberger. His running game is going to be depleted with their number one guy sideline, so that gives him even more reason to throw the ball up. And I expect to see four or five touchdowns in this game against a Washington team that I despise as a Cowboys fan, so I'll be rooting doubly hard for Big Ben to roll up some big points, and I think he's eminently capable of that. This guy takes a pounding every game in, game out, but he comes in there and delivers a lot of 
plus yard passing games on a consistent basis. One of the more consistent guys that out there in the, in the quarterback ranks and well worth the $8,500 in this particular matchup. John, your running backs of choice. I'm going to go Lamar Miller, 7,600, going against a, a Bears defense that uh, doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. Uh, I think, you know, you, we got Brock Osweiler making his first start for the, for the Texans, so I think they're going to be able to, to run the ball a decent bit on him. And you also have to remember that uh, the Bears had, I believe, the 32nd-ranked uh, DVOA against the run last year uh, on defense. So I think, you know, it's proof... It's quantifiable proof that the Bears just haven't been able to stop the run uh, quite yet. So I think Miller, as sort of like your your second tier uh, RB1, I think is definitely worth your consideration at 7,600. Uh, and then Spencer Ware, like you mentioned, he gets to start in place of uh, Jamal Charles, it looks like. Uh, so 5,400, uh, like the matchup against San Diego, it's... It's not like the greatest matchup in the world, but, you know, San Diego doesn't even get to use their uh, first-round pick because he's just not ready at Joey Bosa. So that's one less guy you have to worry about slowing down where. Uh, I think that's the kind of offense where, where uh, they use the running back when they get towards the goal line. Obviously, they have a new offensive coordinator, but still an Andy Reid coach team. So I think where at 5,400, uh, the only thing you have to be worried about uh, – is probably everyone kind of thinking that he's the best value player on the board. Yeah, there's no question about that. I love the Lamar Miller pick because this guy was underutilized in his uh, time with his former club. He's going to get a better shot at like 20 touches at least per game, and I think we're going to see a big year out of this guy, and I think he's way underpriced at $7,600, so I love that play. And I'm going to counter with a couple of guys that are cheaper than both of yours, or uh, respectively. I'll say LaShawn McCoy of Buffalo for 6900 bucks. He's a guy that will produce uh, C.J. Anderson-type numbers uh, on a weekly basis, the way that C.J. rolled up 140 yards, because McCoy factors in into the pass offense for the Bills as well, a guy that can lead the team in touches most weeks, and for $6,900, that's tremendous value, uh, and I think people are under undervaluing the Buffalo offense. Tyrod Taylor is an emerging quarterback uh, He's, he's kind of like Cam Newton light, I will say, uh, in terms of his profile and uh, kind of a big secret just because he's not in a, in a big market. But I think people are going to learn more about this guy in the, in the uh, AFC East. And uh, I'll couple him with Christine Michael, a guy who had a cup of coffee with the Cowboys, but he's in a great situation in Seattle in week one with Thomas Rawls, uh, very questionable and uh, in terms of starting, in, term, in terms of the hierarchy, they've already listed Michael as the number one guy um, among their running backs this weekend, and that's for $4,800. You can't go wrong there if this guy gets a few reps, and boy, does it open up the rest of your lineup. John, uh, your wide receivers, let's have it. I'm going to go DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I, I think as, you, as, you, as you've kind of seen, I'm in on Houston this week and, and this year in general. Hopkins is one of the more physically gifted receivers in the entire National Football League, so uh, you know, for him to be going against a, a Chicago secondary that doesn't particularly scare you uh, in one way or the other. And then Osweiler, like I said, he is making his first start for the Texans, but, uh, you know, it's not like he can be any worse than the Brian Hoyer, Brandon Whedon uh, combo that, that, you know, he was uh, catching from last year. I mean, basically, as long as Osweiler is able to put it, you know, within the just zip code of, of Hopkins, Hopkins is probably going to be able to come down with it. So 8,400. 
Uh, I like it. I'll pay up for that. Uh, and then I'm going to couple that uh, with Allen Robinson of the Jaguars, uh, checking in at 8,500. So a couple of pretty expensive uh, wideouts, but I tend to go uh, more expensive uh, when it comes to the pass catchers, especially in, in games with high over-unders. I think there's going to be a good bit of scoring uh, in this Green Bay-Jacksonville game. I think Green Bay should be able to capture the lead um, for most of it which means that the Jacksonville's going to be in catch-up mode, and we know where Bortles looks when they're, when they're in catch-up mode. He's looking in Allen Robinson's direction. So Robinson here, 8,500, I'll do it. And then uh, rounding it out, I'm going to go Sammy Watkins at 7,300. Gives you a little bit of cap relief, but he's still, uh, I think, a very viable option. He's obviously the number one uh, receiver in that unit. Uh, as you mentioned, Tyrod Taylor only getting better. And I think... For, for me, I know that the Ravens just aren't a particularly good uh, pass defense. I know they tried to bolster it with, with the addition of Eric Weddle, um, but I still think Sammy Watkins should be able to take a, advantage of the matchup against Jimmy Smith or whoever else he lines up against. So at 7,300, uh, I think there's a lot of room for profit there. Well, and I'm going to stick with your theme. I'm going right to the top of the board with Antonio Brown, who led the world in uh, targets last year and uh, receiving yards and all the rest of that. I think he's going to be off to another great start. We already explained with the situation in the running back position in Pittsburgh, this is going to be an offense that relies heavily on the pass in week one, and I think obviously that means Brown will be a centerpiece, and I'm able to afford that $9,300 because of a couple of cheap picks elsewhere. One of which is not, does Bryant. He's $8,000, and I think he's going to want to have a big opening night. And uh, if Dak Prescott uh, cares about his longevity as a Cowboys quarterback, he'll want a happy number one wide receiver. And why not start it off an opening night by throwing about 15 or 20 to Dez and see what happens there. So for $8,000, I'm hoping he racks up a big night. And then you mentioned also with Aaron Rodgers. He's got uh, an extra weapon here. We're going to see about the number one wide receiver, but I'm looking at the number two guy. Randall Cobb is a guy that he relied on last year while the number one guy was out. For $7,300, I think that's a great value play, and uh, I think that uh, it's a cheap one considering the fact that I think the ball is going to be in the air, the air a lot in the Green Bay offense, and uh, I'm anxious to see how Jordy Nelson fares, but I think that Randall Cobb is the guy that's going to be the go-to guy a lot for the Packers in week one. Yeah, and I, th I think that Jordy, Jordy just by being back in general opens the field for Cobb. I think Cobb last year just wasn't comfortable with the way uh, that they had to use him. Uh, it just was sort of a wonky fit. Um, so now that Jordy's back, we're going to kind of see the, the Cobb of the 2014 and, and before where he's just a, as dangerous as you can get in the intermediate and, and close to the line of scrimmage because, you know, Jordy's going to be kind of taking the top off the defense by, by getting vertical. So I think Cobb definitely uh, gives you a ton of room for profit there as well. So you like that pick. That's good. I do. <laughs> All right. At the tight end slot. Uh, I'm going to go with Fleener. You know, i got to back up with, with what I said earlier. You know, going against the Oakland defense, um, where the – the Saints receivers might, you know, like a Brandon Cooks. I did read a pretty interesting article uh, last night and how he kind of struggles against bigger physical corners, and that's that's what Oakland has. Uh, so that that uh, takes Cooks a bit out of the equation for me. I think that that kind of opens things up for Fleener down the seam, like I mentioned. Uh, so 5,400, you're not paying a ton for him. 
going and going and getting a piece of that of that high scoring game I think is essential this week. So Fleener at fifty four hundred for me is a play at tight end. You know what? I gotta give you props. Thursday night's normally a party night, but you're at home reading up on football. I love it. That's why you're my partner, man. This guy is indeed football first, all the single ladies out there, take a back seat to John for just a while when it comes to football. Save him for Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You do a bang-up job on the college pod. Let's give you a chance to pump that up. Why don't you tell our listeners? Oh, yeah. Uh, so every, every Wednesday, uh, Mario uh, Puig and I, uh, he's the main college football editor. I'm the assistant college football editor. We, we sit down and we kind of, we don't have DFS to, to look at for college anymore, but we break down uh, the, the spreads for every game of note. You know, we're not going to give you the the, the, the spread for, you know, like a, like a Michigan versus Murray State type of deal. But, you know, any game with, featuring a couple of Power 5 teams or, or FBS teams, uh, we go through that. We look at players that we like that are on the rise for season-long uh, college fantasy and uh, just kind of give you our perspective on what happened the week before and what's going to happen this week. Uh, and we, like I said, we do make our spread picks. Uh, so if... Uh, Putting some cash down on, on college games is, is your kind of deal. Uh, we can help you there big time, and uh, we give you some pretty in-depth stuff. So uh, give us a listen every Wednesday. I will do that, and I hope our listeners do that too, John. Good luck with that show. I'm going to counter with my tight end pick. I already teased it before. It's Zach Ertz of Philadelphia. Not too many teams can point to a tight, tight end at the top of their uh, prominent receivers. This guy is going to be the guy, I think, in Philadelphia, at least in the early going while one of these quarterbacks establishes themselves for $5,700. I think that's a pretty good value for a guy who should get a lot of targets, more than the average tight end, and that's what I'm looking for there. Again, we've talked about the fact it's a pretty soft matchup as well, given the opposition. Winding things up, we've got to talk about the kicker, John. Uh, got to go Justin Tucker here, 4,900. I just don't... Uh, really see the Ravens offense converting their chances into touchdowns necessarily. So I think Tucker's going to get at least four field goal tries. I just kind of think that that's the way that that's going to shake out Sunday and probably the rest of the season. Uh, so Tucker, I know he's expensive for a kicker, but, you know, with my other picks, I was able to fit him in uh, pretty easily. So I'm going to go with uh, Tucker there. Yeah, and I'm going to keep with the Pittsburgh theme. I think there are going to be a, quite a few converts coming Chris Boswell's way, but a couple of drives, other drives may fall a little bit short and kick and field goals. So I see a 10 to 12 point game for Boswell and the Steelers for $4,600. That's my pick of choice among the kickers. We'll wind it up with the defensive uh, lineups. Which defensive unit are you favoring? Uh, I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, I think you alluded to them earlier in the podcast. You know, you're going against a, a Bears offense that um, it has its pieces. Sure, like Alshon Jeffrey and, and Kyle Long is one of the more respected offensive linemen in the, in the league. But I think as a cohesive unit, uh, they're in a bit of trouble right now. And I think Houston's defense on, on the other side of the coin uh, I think this is the year that we see J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney at their at their peaks. And I know that Watt uh, had a little surgery uh, in mid-August, so he, there were some questions about him being fully ready for week one, but all indications are that he is. Uh, I have no doubt that he's still going to be an impact, even if he's playing at, at 90%. And like I said, Clowney, Clowney, I think, is ready to take over. Uh, this year, I think we're, he's going to be the guy that we all expected uh, when he took the, the Michigan guy's head off in the bowl game a few years back. Um, so that, that's just a violent, 
uh, physical defense, and I think that they're going to be bullying the Bears around all day. I don't think the Bears are going to be able to move the ball very much, uh, so I'm going to go with the Texans here. And I'm going to go with another team that plays in a really special environment. Seattle, I love watching the opening of Seattle games. It's, it's almost got a college feel, the way they, they get the crowd pumped up, and the, oh, yeah. the defense really feeds off it. And for $5,000 against the Miami team that I don't think is going to be too special, I think Seattle has a lot of skilled players on the defensive side of the ball that are going to make life miserable for Ryan Tannehill, so I'm happy to put $5,000 down there. We always give our fans the play of the day. John, on the baseball side, who's your play of the day on the football side in your lineup? Going to go DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, it's Houston day for me, basically. Uh, you know, he's just... He's so talented. I love the matchup here. I love that he's not really going against anyone that gives you uh, fits. Uh, I think that the quarterback play is improved relative to last year. Uh, I think he's in for just a huge day, and you don't you have to pay up for him, uh, but you're not necessarily breaking the bank. I think there there are ways there are tons of creative ways you uh, you can get around it to where you can easily fit in Hopkins into your lineup. Well, and I'm going to counter with Christine Michael of Seattle for 4800 This guy doesn't have to have a big game, John, for, for me to feel like he's paid off. If he produces a, a decent game with the rushing yards and maybe gets a score, that's all I'm hoping for because what he's done for me is really open up the rest of my lineup to put together three all-star wideouts and, and a, a high-end tight end and one of the top quarterbacks on the board. The flexibility that this pick gives me is well worth the $4,800 gamble to see if this guy actually comes up big at all. So uh, how do you feel about week one? Our show. Our show. <laughs> Oh, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we're, we're off to a good start. Uh, you know, not surprised that, that we handled it uh, with poise and grace as per usual, as, 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 you know, our listeners were used to during the baseball season. I am going to miss baseball. Uh, I guess I'll just have to pay attention to the standings the rest of the way, uh, more so than, than the FanDuel stuff. Uh, and that's just going to make me sweat out the Orioles every night, even a little, a little bit worse. But um and I'm looking forward to the race down the stretch there. And I think uh, as far I mean, football, when football's back, it feels like we're given new life. So I'm just so excited uh, that the NFL is back and in full swing. That's right. I echo your sentiments and I share your feelings about the AL East. Of course, the Blue Jays are locked in that battle with your club. Neither of us wants to see the Red Sox go ahead. So there's an nope. interesting tilt in Toronto this weekend with those clubs matching up. I'm scoring the game on Saturday, too. So I'm oh, right sure on. I'm going to be part of a fun, fun day there. But... There you have it. Uh, for John McKechnie, you can look him up at Johnny McKech's a great follow. I'm Paul Bruno at Statsman22, and we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back and listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody. Quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.